This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Yo, what is going on? Merry Christmas. If you were listening to this on Christmas, the day that it drops, um, if afterwards, happy belated Christmas. Let's get into the questions. First, we have most in the evidence-based community do not recommend body part splits, aka bro splits, but why do they seem to work for some people? Is there ever a time or place for them? All right, so when we're looking at this whole conversation of like a bro split versus an upper lower split, a full body split, or a push-pull lower split. So the thing to realize here is um, there's a degree, kind of like a, we have an effective range of stimulus, so to speak, per session. Like there isn't just, it's not just total weekly volume. Um, There is a certain amount of volume that we need per session. There's kind of a range that we can fall in. Like this is our effective range. And then above this, and I will look at this per body part in this scenario, um, above this specific amount of volume, we're kind of hitting the point of diminishing returns or even like we're getting a, we're going a little bit too far, almost to the point where it's counterproductive. Um, and uh, Brian Miner podcast coming out on the podcast I did with him in uh, this will, that will drop on December 28th, 12, 28. He did a very good job explaining this concept as well. But again, we kind of have this range of not just because I think when we're looking at, okay, so if it's overall volume across the course of the week, why would uh, why would a bro split be any worse than like an upper lower split? But again, there is a range of productive volume per session, not just per week that we need to be hitting. So if I am doing like I remember back in the day, a leg workout would be like, okay, Every single squat variation that I can possibly think of. All right, so I'm going to do back squats. I'm going to do front squats. Then I'm going to do goblet squats. Then I'm going to hop on the leg press. So we're very, we easily get to this point of diminishing returns. Whereas if we do enough to like kind of hit our optimal volume per session and we're splitting that up, okay, I have two leg days. So both those leg days, I'm hitting my quads or my glutes or my chest or my biceps with, with like less volume then I would in a uh, like a bro split where I'm going to smash one single muscle group, um, then I am actually going to, across the course of that week, get more productive volume out of the week. Even though like you might, and this is kind of where just feeling wrecked in and of itself isn't what we're chasing, right? Because again, like after a bro split, I know for me personally, one of the hardest changes to make was going from like training a bro split to um like an upper lower split because like okay my delts don't just feel absolutely smashed i didn't spend 90 minutes doing every single lateral raise variation i can think of but i've gotten much better results because of that and we have hundreds of clients at this point that can speak to this as well um so again it's basically looking understanding that there is a point of diminishing returns when it comes to volume per session. I believe James Krieger has done some interesting research on this as well. I would definitely check out. But then like us splitting it up into multiple training sessions allows like all the volume that we're doing there to be more productive. So basically we are getting more overall productive volume across the course of the week. 
Um, that said, I would say a bro split could have some application. If we're honestly, there's not that many times I'd recommend. Like, I would say, okay, so like an example, of this would be more than. I would say like a body part specialization day. So for example, let's say, okay, so like Julie who asked this question is a great example. So right now I'm programming for you and it's glute focused, right? So we could do something like, oh, and actually this is very similar to the program that you're following. So we have upper, lower, upper, lower, and then we have a glute specialization type day. Or, so we're adding more volume to the glutes. But again, it's not an entire like bro split, so to speak. Or similarly for like, okay, I want to get jacked arms, upper, lower, upper, lower, or even push, pull, push, pull, and then an arm specialization day. So we can still be smart with volume, still be smart with frequency. The only time I would say I would recommend it is if we have a client who like, that's essentially all they'll adhere to, but it's just not... I honestly in a situation that where it's the most optimal where it makes a lot of sense outside of like other options just doesn't really come to me. Um, all right. So next question, I know when to build your waist measurements shouldn't be increasing too much should, but, but should you expect them to increase at all? So I would say here, if your waist measurements aren't increasing, but we're seeing a consistent 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight gained, um, per week, we are seeing strength go up in the five to 30 rep range. Trading perform performance is good. Recovery is good. You're getting more jacked. Waste in not increasing absolutely isn't a problem. That said, for most individuals, most everyone will see some fat gain in a building phase. Just getting a little bit fluffier is just an inevitable part of it. But ideally, our rate of muscle gain is faster than our rate of fat gain. And again, as I've talked about many times on the show, um, we can lose fat much quicker than we can build muscle. So it's okay if we accumulate a little bit of fat because again, like two weeks of muscle or two pounds of muscle built in a month is great progress. Losing two pounds of fat in a week is very, very doable. So I wouldn't, if we have all the other metrics in place that tell us we are making good progress in a build and your waist isn't increasing, but again, you're like hitting that desired rate of gain. I wouldn't like, okay, I need to increase more so I can see my waist increase. Because also realize that like, maybe you don't preferentially store as much fat around your stomach. But like for many women specifically, a lot more fat will go to like glutes and thighs. So waist is our only measurement of fat accumulation. Uh, really, I think more than anything, it makes sense to just like focus on the strength increase, training performance and recovery, and then um, make sure we're falling in that recommended rate of gain. As long as we tick those boxes, for most everyone who's trained two plus years, you can just assume that there's a bit of fat accumulation coming with that. But again, we can shut it off very quickly when we enter a fat loss phase. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, absolutely don't be surprised, almost everyone is gonna increase some on their waist. But on the flip side, don't feel like you need to increase if you're not. All right, and then final question we have, in your view, high energy moves such as HIT. Orange theory, running, do they help or hinder weight loss? All right, so there's a couple different perspectives we can look at this from. 
as far as specific, so like specifically for weight loss, okay, what do we need to lose to, or what do we need to do to lose weight? So we know we have this equation of this energy balance equation, right? If calories in are less than calories out, we'll lose weight. So basically the calories or energy you're eating, if that's less than the calories or energy that you're expending, you'll lose weight. So in and of themselves, they absolutely don't hinder weight loss. But the thing to realize here is like, of course, like you're burning more calories, so they can be a useful tool. Just like us, like walking more is going to help burn more calories and thus will help weight loss as well. The thing to realize here is most people, when they're focusing on weight loss, more than like strictly losing weight are chasing a body composition change. Specifically the clients that we work with, you want to get leaner, you want to get stronger, you want to improve aesthetics as a whole, not just purely lose weight. But the thing is when we're, so really how I kind of, I always use the analogy of a spork, right? Which is like a spoon and a fork mixed, but really it's kind of just a shitty spoon and a shitty fork. So if we look at achieving the body composition results that most people want, it comes from a combination of losing fat and building a bit of muscle or a good amount of muscle for some people. But if we look at these hit, if we look at like a hit, an orange theory class, or even like the amount of calories you burn running two miles, in the grand scheme of your day, that's gonna be five to maybe at the very most 10% of the calories that you burned across the course of the day. If you're busting your ass, which to a level where it's like not realistic to keep up every day. So when it comes to actual calories burned, which is like the way that this actually contributes to fat loss, it's just not, no matter how hard you're busting your ass, even if you're doing it so for an hour, it's just not going to make that much of a difference. I'm sure everyone has heard the saying, you can't out train a bad diet, right? No matter what, it's just not going to make that much of a difference for your fat loss. But on the flip side, if we're looking at building muscle, again, for most people to achieve the body composition that they want, at least for the clients that we work with, it comes down to losing fat and building muscle. If it, we look at building muscle, we know that, okay, my ability to actually stimulate muscle growth or stimulating muscle growth essentially comes down to stressing specific muscle tissues to, to kind of this effective rep range. So four to three, somewhere in like, uh, less than four reps shy of failure is thought to be like these effective reps, right? Basically the thinking is, okay, so let's say I'm doing a, let's say I'm doing a, let's say I'm doing a glute bridge. Let's say I'm doing a barbell hip thrust actually. All right. So really it is when I get, let's say I can hit 20 reps with 135 reps, 16 through 20. So basically four reps shy of failure to 20 is all out failure for me. I can't do another rep with good form. Those are the effective reps because those are the ones where we are, we've accrued enough fatigue in the muscle fibers of your glutes to actually stimulate adaptation and new growth. If we don't hit that range, if we don't hit this effective rep range, um, we're not going to, it's pretty unlikely that we won't actually like stimulate new muscle growth. So the problem with like hit orange theory is especially like a hit workout. If we're like jumping around doing um, whatever, Bulgarian split squats, jumps, supersetted with jump ropes, supersetted with clapping and push-ups, 
Well, yeah, that'll make you feel really tired. We're never achieving like these effective or very rarely achieving these effective reps in a specific muscle group. So again, like taking it back to um, my glutes for this like hip thrust analogy. If let's say, so let's say like an orange theory where we're like bouncing from one thing to another to another. And like, um, let's say I'm doing, let's say I'm doing 10 hip thrust and then I'm going and running on the treadmill. And then next time I come back, I can do eight hip thrusts because I'm so gassed from what I just did on the treadmill for the last like 10 minutes. So there again, like we're not actually fatiguing our muscles or a, like specific muscle tissue enough to simulate new growth. What's going on here is our cardiovascular system is rate limiter, right? Like I'm out of breath, I'm gassed. Same thing for like hit workouts, anything of that nature. I'm out of breath, I'm so gassed that like that's the thing that's limiting my performance. Not, wow, my muscle fibers are so fatigued in this specific muscle tissue or these specific groups of muscles that I'm trying to train that that's like what's causing me to fail. So again, like it feels really hard. I'm sweating. I like my Fitbit might say that I burned a lot of calories, but it's a very ineffective way to actually build muscles because while we're working hard, well, you might do a lot of reps. I'm not actually at any point or very rarely am I actually fatiguing these muscle fibers to a point where they're very near, fa near failure. It's more or less just like a cardio workout. Your muscles might burn a bit. They might even feel a little bit sore after, but it'll do very little to actually stimulate muscle growth. So again, when we look at the style of training, taking it back to the spork analogy, not great for fat loss. Again, in the grand scheme of things, we just don't burn that many calories. Not great for building muscle. So shitty spoon, shitty fork, shitty for fat loss, shitty for building muscle. Um, so that's why all their clients we focus on, okay, nutrition is the catalyst for fat loss. Your training, we're going to take longer rest periods. We're going to focus on training relatively close to failure. So typically three reps in the tank to one rep left in the tank. Take longer rest periods. Ensure the target muscle is the rate limiter, aka the thing that causes you to fail with the movement. And that's really how you create a better body composition as a whole. All right, team, and that is all the questions we have for today. Now, before I let you go, I wanted to remind you of our online coaching service. If you're ready to truly achieve your ultimate physique in 2021, you need to take a different approach than you have every other year. We take individuals just like you and help you apply the science of training and nutrition to truly achieve your best physique through individualized coaching. So if you're sick of committing to achieving amazing results at the start of every year and then never following through with your commitments, hit the link in the show notes to apply for online coaching with us. We'll help you apply more specificity, more structure with your training, with your macros, with your lifestyle than you've ever had before. And again, truly unlock your best physique ever. All right. And that is all I have for y'all today. As always, thank you for tuning in.